0: Welcome to the latest HR On The Offensive podcast. My name is Chris Howard from Lace Partners, and back in the hot seat with me today as my partner in crime is Aaron Aubrey. You all right, Aaron?
1: Good afternoon, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Can't wait. I had so much sugar today, I'm fine. Blind.
0: Excellent. So Aaron will most likely crash within the next twenty minutes, which means the last ten minutes of this podcast may even be him sleeping. But you know what? We'll keep we'll keep you going, and we we'll hopefully we'll keep you laughing as well, because this is a again this is a HR podcast designed for HR professionals, and what we try to do is provide some insight, tips, guidance on a wide variety of topics. And I've hinted a little bit at what we might be talking about today: laughing, engagement, enjoyment, and we're going to talk to a couple of um, very knowledgeable ladies in a. Second second. Today's podcast is about the importance of line management and leadership in navigating uh, a business out of a crisis. And we've run a couple of these podcasts at the moment on leadership, uh, but we just want to bring a slightly different angle to this one today. So we want to drill down specifically on having engaged and positive managers. And so today's show, I've got Danny Harmer, who's joining us from Aviva. Hello, Danny. How are you?
2: I am very well, Chris. How are you?
0: I'm absolutely marvellous. Are you going to make me smile and happy and laugh today?
2: I will try my very best, for sure.
0: (laughs) Well, if you don't, which I'm sure you will, then we have Steph Davis from a company called Laughology. Hello, Steph. How are you doing?
3: Hi, Chris. I'm good, thanks. How
0: are you? I'm all right. So we know a little bit about Danny and obviously Aviva, but do you want to just talk to me a little bit about Laughology? Because that's an interesting name for a company.
3: Well, first of all, I'm going to correct you because I'm a northerner and I'm going to say laughology. <laughs> it doesn't have an R in it, but it's laugh or laugh, depending on where you're from. So uh, my background's a little bit different. So I did my first 10 years and um, did stand-up comedy and became really interested in how humour could engage people in a message, but also in learning. And just my background wasn't uh, really great in terms of my education. Uh, I got, I got suspended from school twice, expelled once. <laughs> uh, I know, I'm dyslexic and it wasn't identified until much later on when I was in my late teens, so 18, 19 when I went to perform an art school and I had an amazing tutor who said to me, Steph, have you ever tried to stand up? Because I, the only thing I could do was clown around to get out of class. And so um, I did and he encouraged me and it opened up the world to me. And I just wish that someone had helped me learn using humour when I was at school because it would have engaged me in a different way. And that progressed on to working in the corporate world and looking at how humour can be used in leadership. And then when I went back to university when I realised I'm not daft, I learned in a really different way. And I did a psychology, a master's in behavioural psychology and looking at humour and the impact on the brain and then somehow I'm here but don't ask me how Uh, it just happened and 15 years later I run a company I've got a team of 15 and we deliver learning and development in a bit of a different way with humour being the base of everything we do and happiness in organisations.
0: That's amazing. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to rope Aaron in to be the Stephen Fry-esque on QI quizmaster and ask you some questions or question master or something like that. So Aaron, you've got some questions that you want to fire at the ladies and we're going to keep this as nice and fun and light and fluffy podcast as we possibly can. Thank you very much,
1: Chris. That's a bit of a setup, I hope to so. say. <laughs> I followed Stephen Fry's tweet.
3: Very Stephen actually.
1: So I thought I'd start very easy and gently today, ladies, if I may, and just ask, um, as we're talking about sort of positive engagement throughout uh, throughout what has been a difficult crisis. Just for you personally, what's been some of the funny highlights of the lockdown, if there are any?
2: So I have, I have, you know, I feel like I can see into the lives of my people in a, you know into their world and you know I've busted one of my team leaders who is a little younger than me which is a, a I'm a lot older than 21 but you know if you did his fitness age he'd be about 21 he just he runs for fun I mean who does that he was on a call the other day and he had bread and I was like you know on teams you can send a message as well I busted him and went is that bread white bread with butter on it He's was like to be busted so you you get this kind of Insight into people and their lives, and you know wherever it is they're working, and you know children coming in. We were doing a uh, a live webcast to my function in Aviva, and I could see the presenter, but everyone watching it could only see the speaker. And I was speaking, and the pre- you know the the person who asked the super gorgeous host um, at the time, someone in the comms function. The door behind them opened like a little gremlin came in and appeared on their lap and they were desperately going on mute as they were trying to, and I'm trying to talk and all I can see is this guy in my team, Paul, having a total nightmare with the most adorable 2 year olds trying to take over uh, his workspace and doing a magnificently good job of it. And then we've, you know, we've got some planned fun now. So for example, my function, my PA, Sharon, who is just a legend, runs a quiz. It takes about 15 minutes. It's at four o'clock every Friday and she runs a quiz and it's the Aviva Fu- People Function Family Quiz. So, you know, on teams, you can see everybody with their children on their laps and people forget to go on mute when they're discussing the answer. So all of us can, can, steal, can steal the answers. So there has been lots of fun and occasionally, very occasionally, I get to sneak out of the space where I'm working and go downstairs and actually see my children and my family. And, you know, that's been lovely as well.
3: So, yeah, one of the things that we've been doing in in lockdown as a team is we've been creating online videos, what we call hacks um, and learning bursts. And my favourite has just been the the outtakes of all of my team. So when you you get to see the perfect piece at the end, but what what you don't get to see and what we've started to release are all the outtakes of when people are trying to do something and also the the behind-the-scenes arguments between wife and kid or whoever it is that's filming. And so we start to release some of them, and some of them are just really, really funny. And also the because the film's still rolling in between the tapes, some of that stuff, it's just really funny. And like you said, it's like an insight into people's lives. But then the the other thing that I've been doing, just to entertain myself, really, because you are locked down in a house with just your your partner or your kids. And for the first, definitely, month, there was no one else. So I love playing tricks. And the amount of times I've jumped out on my husband or frightened him... (laughs) Um, it's just been brilliant, and every single. And he hates being scared, which makes me laugh even more. But the best one was I went upstairs and I hid under the bed. I was there for ages; it must have been about forty minutes waiting for him to come upstairs. And I was just really silent, and I was laughing to myself. And only when he came up and I let him potter about the bedroom for a bit, and then I just came out the bed and grabbed his legs, um, and he just he. Screamed the place, down. I just, I'm sad I didn't
2: record it. That's my only thing. Steffi has got a good heart, hasn't he, darling? And, you know, we're not. <laughs> just like... He's all right. He's a, he's a bit older than me, but he's
3: all right. I've checked the life insurance. Everything's okay there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just taking out a new insurance policy on internet. It's all okay. It's all okay. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. That's fantastic. So I, I almost feel like, uh, it's a shame to bring us on to talking a more serious topic now. I want to hear more about the pranks you're playing. So in terms of uh, in terms of the crisis as we've been through, I think this we talked about this before actually on other calls and other webinars. This, this is a great time for leadership really sharp during this. It's also a great time for leadership to completely mock things. We're not going to focus on that today. Our focus is on the positive side of things. Uh, and I'm just really interested, because you've got two different perspectives, uh, really interested on perspectives around... What have been some of the great examples of leadership, positive leadership behaviours that you've seen during this crisis? What are the things that sort of stood out in your in your memory of some of the activities that your line manager, your your leadership teams have engaged in, or people that you've been coaching have been engaged in? I don't know if anyone would like to share any of that.
2: So I think you know I can I can think of a number of examples of this. But I think where leadership has really stood out for me. Is in two ways during this crisis. You know, with all the sort of uncertainty that everybody's navigating, new, new questions and situations. And I think the first one is where people have, when they've been asked a question, you know, we don't know the answer. We've just gone, what is the right answer, and then we'll work out how to do it. Which you know, Aviva is a a large company or an insurance, so risk and big footsie company i think that's probably relatively new to aviva and when you see leaders do it and the impact it has on the people around them that they just go okay this this business just and the leaders in it just want to do the right thing for people so for example because we have healthcare as part of our business we have medical professionals who now work for us and used to work in the nhs and we had somebody ask on our a v-run cut which is sort of live webcast will you let people go back into the nhs if they're if they're qualified medical professionals and we just went well yes of course and now we just have to work out how we make it happen and deal with the whole well who pays them i will pay you fine we don't want to muck up your all that yeah. sort of stuff and lots lots more examples of you know i I can't be at work. I need a screen. Can I have a screen? Yes, of course you can. We'll just work out how to do it. We'll work out how to do the right thing. So I think that has been really important and something that we should hang on to. The other thing I've seen is that leaders have understood that, you know, from an operational and a human perspective, we can put in frameworks and principles as we're learning, as we go through the crisis and the ambiguity and, and responding to the situation. But actually, as a leader, we can't give you a rule that says, what should I do for Steph or Aaron or Chris? You need to work with every single person in your team because they truly are an individual. And, you know, Steph, you might be going crazy at home and need um, to be on the list of people who can return to the office soon. Whereas Aaron, you might be struggling because you are homeschooling two children. Whereas Chris, you might be struggling because you're on your own in the loneliness, isn't it? So, you know I've really seen leaders understand that treating people fairly and as individuals doesn't mean treating them all in the same so I have seen our leaders just be really human and exceptional it makes me feel good actually
3: yeah I think I think I'd, I'd, I'd echo that I've seen a lot of leaders uh, rather than doing things right doing the right thing. and what what has been so refreshing is the amount of you know fearlessness around just getting things done because it's the right thing to do, with a, a, and and calling it out when it's when there's something that when there's red tape blocking it and saying let's just do it, and and that's what I've I've seen which I've liked, and particularly in a couple of businesses that that we've been supporting. So what I've really liked is, is some role modeling of. Um, leaders who put out videos on intranets of what they're doing to protect their own mental health and um, the different ways that they're working to show that it's okay to do things differently. Uh, And I even saw one video that was put out where, similar to what Danny was talking about, a a leader actually did an update with his kids on his lap, and he didn't mind that that was going on and it was just really to show that I understand I'm in a similar situation and this idea that as leaders we're going to have to be flexible but also that idea of um, vulnerability, showing that I don't have all the answers uh, and, and I, that that's some of the good stuff I, I've seen. I think one of my favourites, and I know this is a leader who's in, in the public eye, but one of my favourites that uh, I, I just... Loved was um just in the Arden is when she announced that she's made sure that um the tooth fairy and the Easter rabbit are key workers, so they'll have they'll be able to continue doing their roles and just things like that where it's that human element you're showing yourself as I get it, I get what everybody else is going through i think it's super important
1: i agree and it's uh, that human uh, humanization is really key i think it's one of the big terms i, I keep hearing over and over again throughout the crisis is that it, things like this the video conferencing just gives you a window on people that you just never had before and an ability as you say for people to embrace being vulnerable and to, to incorporate that and, and bring that that human back into the way in which people are managed and, and Really interesting, Danny, listening to you as well in terms of the examples you used are where people have made the right decision. They've done the right thing without questioning too much. And in order to do that, I suppose one of, the big, one of the big challenges is about being empowered to do that and feeling that you can be empowered to do that. And I know not every organization has that as a natural cultural fit, and that's one of the big challenges. I'm really interested in, in understanding from both of you your thoughts around some of the other challenges that have appeared two managers in particular around embracing that positive way of work empowerment being one but I'm sure there are others that are, that are blocking away and what do people do to get around that
2: yeah I, it is really tough for leaders when you can't see your people I've noticed that I have to be thoughtful about checking in because you miss some of the cues right if I was in, if I'm in a room with you, it's much, you know, Aaron, we know each other reasonably well. If I see you in a room, I, you can, it's visceral, right? You understand how somebody is. You can get a sense of, you know, I don't mean to sound sort of new age, but you can, you can get a sense of people's energy, especially if you know them well. And you cannot do that through this technology in, in the same way. So asking, how are you? And really asking is very important understanding that there's something about the pace everybody's working at at the moment and just being thoughtful about that. I worry slightly. The speed of decision-making is great, the metabolic rate. Uh, some of the stuff that needs just a bit of slowing down and thinking, I wonder if that's getting the always getting the attention it deserves, that work. And collaboration on that sort of work is also really, really difficult. So I think there are lots of aspects of what leaders need to do that are are a bit more tricky. I mean, so for example, last week, some of the conversations and emotion around Black Lives Matter and the issues in the US, I definitely did not spot that as quickly as I should have done. And I, you know, I sent a note to to my team actually in Aviva and said, look, maybe I'm giving myself an excuse, but I I wasn't seeing people to see the issue and you know maybe I am trying to let myself off the hook a bit but I didn't spot it as quickly as I should have done you know and I said to them I'm sorry for that well that's happening in real time all all the time at the moment right that we're just not spotting things that are going on as quickly as we perhaps would if we were around them so you know how do I know if my people need help with what they're doing or help with their situation or help with how they're coping unless I ask and they feel it's okay to speak up and they won't be judged and that's it's tricky, especially as I haven't been at Aviva very long, so yeah. and you know, Aaron, you know me, I immediately fall in love with anybody in my team. It's a real weakness, <laughs> so I know them, but I don't know them really well. So uh, even when I ask, do they feel they can tell me, you know, what's what's going on? It's it's definitely the, there is definitely lots of challenge. But I think just great adult conversations is a is a good starter for ten, and a bit of forgiveness on both sides.
1: You're right that that ability to connect with people I think has been a real real challenge with technology I mean clearly what would we have done had uh, this whole happened pre-internet you know it we you know
0: just business been
1: of...
2: sending, sending each other letters and waiting for responses
0: fact <laughs> <laughs> we'd, we'd all have become really really good at raising pigeons <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Pigeon I, I can't think I'd rather go Harry Potter and, and say out. <laughs> better
0: better, better. Uh, I
1: think it's, it's interesting because I think think about your own line manager not everyone has the same style or same ability to engage through things like this kind of environment how, how do you bring the best out of them so
3: um what, one of the things that, that we've been talking about is and it sounds really obvious but how, how do we have those bump-ins to people like you were talking about And how do you facilitate that? And especially when you've got new people coming in. So we're just coming up to interns now, and I know some of the organizations we're working with who are going ahead and recruiting those interns. So that online space is really, really important and and using things that you might already have set up your intranet, Yammer workplace seems to be, you know, a really good way of engaging people. But also making sure as a leader that you're in that space and regularly as well. So you have got that ability to, to bump in and also check in where you can. And one of the things that, you know, I am passionate about is making that time for, for fun um with teams as well that you're when it is appropriate that you're making sure that you're getting together Danny's already mentioned you know quizzes that you do and I think that that's really really important because you're getting to know the individual rather than the the work person which can be really hard to do when you're virtual, so making sure that you're making time for that, and also doing it in different ways so people don't get bored. Because some of the teams I know that we're working with are going now. Oh, it's Friday, it's quiz. Oh, here we go again. So, what do you do to to re-engage people in a different way virtually, uh, and also give people the ownership and the encouragement to do it themselves? So it's not just you as a leader. How do you, as a as a leader, help others lead? Um, in that space to give them empowerment and encouragement and um, to have their own ideas as well. And I think that's super, super
0: important. Yeah. yeah. I, I, one of
2: the things that I've been, sorry, one of the things that I, 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 we've all been doing at Aviva is a natural behaviour is to pop into the team meetings of the people in your team, you know, kind of skip layer, whatever whatever you call it in your organisation. And I hadn't been doing that because it felt like a strange thing to do and actually you know I've picked up that activity again and if you're an extrovert and you get your energy from from others it's a, it's a brilliant thing to do you know because it's not it's just a you know you're engaging with people and you want to know about them and they want to know about you and making connections and doing all the stuff leaders do about helping people understand where it is that you're heading you know that rough sort of direction so that they can see how they fit into and you get this sort of, you know, I think leadership, there's something about your people are obviously your people are wonderful. They're not iron filings, but a bit like iron filings, which is that there's some there's some softness and some movement. But there's a sort of magnet that pulls them generally in whatever whatever the right direction is. So I think it's important to do what you would have done if you were together virtually and find a way to do it. And those bumpins you talk about, Steph. I have found now that rather than just going to see someone and saying, you know, bumping into the office and saying, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? And seeing them when they make a cup of tea. If you pick up the phone, yes, I and just pick up the phone and call somebody, that feels like a sort of informal Hey, just just catching up, you know, say well, we had someone join the function last week and I phoned her and Jacilla just, just want to welcome you to Aviva. So I think I think just picking up the phone, if someone's had a promotion or had a difficult time or you know, they've been ill or they're back at work or whatever it is, I think those are actually what what would feel like a might have felt like a second class check-in actually now really works for people. There are a couple of introverts in my team who interestingly are coping a bit better in this environment sometimes than I am. You know, and it's great to talk to them about how they're doing it because they can kind of help help us if we're extrovert. It's just, yeah.
3: I think you're right as well, Danny. And and I don't know how we've got here, but we've almost got to a place where to say to someone, you have to book it in in the diary. Yeah how did we how did we get there you know it's just, and 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 it, like you said that didn't happen years ago at all you would just pick up the phone and now there's almost this barrier there and and this idea that we can pick up the phone I think is something that some leaders are doing brilliantly being able to wow well, we, the phone isn't just the texting but emails you can actually call people on it as well and hearing the voice also it gives you a break from zoom and video conference which can just be exhausting um as well. So it's it's a lovely tool to have. It's
1: a great point. I one of the things that we've been encouraging at uh, at least within our teams has been just turn your camera off. Uh, if it's a client call, have your camera on, right? Show your best face. But if it's if it's not and it's an internal meeting, then no one's going to criticize you for just having a camera off so you can chill a little bit. And because and you, you're right, it's just so intense keeping video content, and you're not looking at just one person; you're looking at maybe four or five people. And you know, you'd never keep that much eye contact in an old 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 form meeting in a room, would you? I mean, you'd be looking everywhere else other than that. So it, it is very it is very tiring. I'm just conscious. Sorry, I'm just dropping things away. But I'm just conscious in terms of this phase in particular of, of the return back into the office. And someone told me it said to me, it's not return to work. We're all working really hard. It's return to the office whatever form that takes you in your business, for the next foreseeable few months, even six months, you're going to be in this hybrid where you've got some people in the office, some people at home, and we are going to have to continue to sustain this engagement through that period. And we, we all you you mentioned it there, so we've been using every trick under the sun. And I think part of sustaining is handing out a over from it being the organization and the leadership organizing some of these things to empowering the employees and the groups within the employees base to, to start taking ownership keeping themselves engaged through through some of this as well and i'm just i'm, I'm really interested in some of the activities around that. we run a our, our teams here run um and things like that we've had bake-offs that the team have organized and our csr committee yeah. in particular are very active and setting different tasks out through the week for us um, I, I don't know if you agree with that in terms of the sustainability aspect. It's tough,
2: yeah. yeah, and I think I think those activities are really important. And actually, I think those activities are really important. And actually, they're important regardless of the situation. And I mean, if if I look on what on on so we've got Yammer, in terms those of you who don't have it, it's like Facebook in, in, in the workplace. We have got groups around how to homeschool your children. We've got groups around people who are finding it lonely being at home, people sharing their mental health stories, people sharing their volunteering stories people looking for ways to support the NHS and making face mask holders. And one of the cutest ones is one of our colleagues is knitting little COVID hearts and you knit two and you send one to the person who's unwell with COVID and you send the other to victim's family so they feel connected honestly don't get don't get me started so we have got lots of groups because when people see a need there's something about the way that you can use social media and technology to connect people within that within that need and you know our um our well-being team set up a quest one week where every day there was just a little kind of competition of something you had to do and and some days it was find the oldest thing in your house and tell us the story that that attaches to it people can just dip in and out of that as you know as their their work allows and as whatever else they're doing allows but i yeah i've seen people you know the the quiz that we have in the people function which i mentioned my amazing um ea sharon who does it just just i said let's do something off she goes she sorts out the questions every week people have done phenomenal stuff absolutely phenomenal i think colleagues are really good at using their initiative and taking the lead, as long as we get the bureaucracy out of their way. But platforms like Yammer really help with that.
3: I I think we've seen some some brilliant stuff. And I mean, I've been talking about this for years you know 16 years ago it's talking about the importance of how people feel in organizations which is more important than than, than any, but anything else And what's nice is the last I'd say seven eight years people have really started to take that on board but what I found really interesting is in this time you've seen the companies like Aviva or O2 or Tesco who do it well and They've, they've picked up the mantle and been able to translate that virtually. And those companies sort of perhaps didn't believe in it as much um, and didn't believe in that that had a, a huge role to play. And I've seen those companies really, really struggle. And I think what's important to, to remember after all this is uh, if engagement has been about understanding what's going on in that person's life. But really understanding. So you know, if people have got kids and they're working at home, managers are going, okay, tell me when is the best time for you to work? Uh, I'll understand that. I'll make sure that everybody else knows that. If we have a meeting, how can we engage you? So we're having conversations that are empathetic, that are based on the individuals and not the organization's framework that work best for everybody. And one of the things that we've uh, that I've always talked about, lifeology is, is in organisations. We've always looked at what does engagement mean? What I do, what I do to you? What does that engagement mean? That it means you getting involved in our values and us believing in you. Whereas we need to switch that, and and, and that's what's happened, is we've switched that to engagement means me understanding a little bit more about your world and your community, and when I get that. That's when that's when real engagement happens. and so those conversations that and it is managers and leaders that are having those really lovely conversations with people, they absolutely need to continue not just when we go back in six 12 months time. I'm sure there'll be lots of people still working from home. I don't think things are ever going to be the way they were. And so let's pick, let's keep some of that lovely stuff. Where we are having conversations based on how do you want to work, you know how how am I going to get the best and how are you going to get the best out of out of work as well? So we switch that conversation around a little bit because you know work for me because I've never been employed, but don't tell anyone I think I'm unemployed. I'm of my own business, but for me, work has always been about something that I do it's not been about a place where I go because I've never had a place where I go so it's always been here it's always been something that I do that fits around you know I mean as, as a business owner you just work constantly as you know Aaron but it, it just has been something that I do rather and, and the output rather than a place where I go and I think we've got that now we get that So let's continue those conversations.
2: Can I be forgiven for saying something really cheesy? I agree with Steph, by the way. I think we need to add on conversations. I'm not a big superhero fan, but there is one of the Marvel films with Thor, obviously. I mean, who else would be in it? And um, his father says something like, Asgard is not a place, it's a people. And, uh, you know, I would say the same about Aviva, which is when people say to me, Aviva needs to, I go, but we are Aviva. So what you're saying is we need to, you know, fill in the gap. And I think it's it's really important to remember that. And I think it will also help us, as you say, Steph, think about the future of workplaces because what we need to do is enable people to work where they can be most effective, efficient, happy, get the best outcome for the customer, manage risk sensibly, you know, this in a sustainable way. You go, that's what we need to do.
1: Fantastic point first time I've been out quoted on Marvel, <laughs> <laughs> shamefaced at that. But it was a great quote. It was a great. quote. <laughs> so no, I think it's really interesting because I feel like we're just unlocking something really important as we come to the end of our podcast. So we'll have a quick discussion on that, which is, you know, I think we all get the impact that line managers have on employee engagement in particular, you know, people still leave businesses mainly because of the line managers rather than the, the, the business. Line managers are that embodiment. This has given us an opportunity for the line managers really to um, bring bring the real positivity into into that engagement, to understand the employees or teams' uh, environment, and, and 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 therefore get closer to them, and bring engagement to a two-way type of understanding, and therefore enhance that. And I think there's a general understanding that engaged and positively engaged teams are more productive. Through this, I think it'll be fascinating to see. If there is a correlation as we come out of this from organizations that have fared well, some of the ones you described there, they have fared well, how much more productive they are as organizations going forward as we stabilize after this crisis because they will have raised engagement, because they will have had the honest adult conversations, because they will have embraced their organizations um, in a far more reaching way than they have done historically. Theoretically, that should lead to a much better productivity environment.
2: I I mean, I I agree. I think this pandemic has changed the behaviours of employees, but all employees are also customers. So it's changed the behaviours of customers. Um, And therefore, all businesses need to think about what are the products customers want and need now? Um, How do they want to engage with um, that, that provider? And you go, therefore, businesses need to be able to respond to that. And also they need leaders and innovators in the organization to be listening to customers and think about how to respond to that. And then you need to be able to flex your workforce and your employees around those customer needs and products and, 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 and. And then on top of that, you just need to think about back to the whole, where's the best place for people to do the work? And it might be half of their job is best done at home and half of their job is best done in a workplace where they can collaborate. But there will will be a responsibility for organizations and technology providers and the technology teams in organizations to make sure that we can equip people with the tools to do that work in the place where it makes most sense to do it and we can make sure that you know we can we can track productivity now i'm not talking about that whole big brother how long did you spend looking on you know google because you might have been researching something for the company we just think that stuff we just need to calm down a bit if you find an issue go look at the data but start with It's back to the point you talked about at the beginning, Steph. Start with positive intent and trust both ways. Trust but verify. And and if you have an issue, deal with that by exception. Don't create things for for something that might never happen or for the 0.001%.
3: When people feel happier, they're more productive. And that's not just a a wishy-washy thing to say from a neuroscience perspective when we um when we learn in a happy state we're more likely to remember that information we're more likely to repeat that behavior from a neuroscience perspective it produces dopamine oxytocin serotonin and endorphins so we link that behavior to something that we want to do more so that's why you know happiness and emotions are so important in terms of productivity and that's not to say that we can't get stressed and be productive because stress produces. Dopamine and noradrenaline, which can help give the kick off the bum and um, to do stuff sometimes as well. But I think what's super important as well is this idea that we help our managers to understand how to support people because not everybody comes into management understanding. The complexities of human beings. Humans are the most complex creatures. And you might think, great, I've cracked this person. I, I, that's great today. And the next day, you're like, oh my goodness, you know, what, what's going on? So let's really equip. And I've talked about this, not just in workplaces, but in schools as well. You know, you start with helping people understand behaviors. Behaviour is an output of a way someone is feeling, and so if they're behaving in a way that you don't understand or that jars a little bit, there is something else going on there. So let's start with emotional intelligence, and and perhaps perhaps as we go forward, because not everybody is good at people skills, and that's okay, that's absolutely fine, but perhaps going forward, we might have technical specialists who are technical managers and then we might have people managers as well because they can be and are two very different skills but let's let's get that right let's let's take some of that stuff that we've learned at the moment that really supports people to do their role because the emotions part it's the bedrock it's and we've seen through this crisis, if someone's feeling wobbly, work is not happening at all. all. So we have to have managers and leaders who can support those wobbles and not just support, but help people flourish, get through, and continue those check-ins. And only then will we get workplaces that get back to productivity uh, and a sustained productivity where we see outputs. And for me, it's all about... It's outputs. It's not, like Danny said, it's not measuring people on systems. But if we get outputs, if we achieve our goals, what's it matter how that's done? As as long as it's regulatory and we're not breaking things, then that's where we should be.
2: I think it's, I think, I think these are wise words, Steph. It's so important for leaders, whether you're, you know, it's your first team leader job or you're a seasoned leader, to remember that leadership is a privilege you are suddenly given it may not always feel like it as you say I thought I'd crack them and now they just don't understand what's going on today but actually you have some serious control and influence over someone else's life and that is an enormous privilege and I think I think it's something that's really important we remember and I always say to people on on sort of entry-level leadership programs congratulations we think you've got great potential and talent and we've given you a team of people and now it's not about you anymore it's about them and it's really hard to remember that because it can be lonely but it's you know it's really important to remember what a privilege is i i mean clearly we now need to quote spider-man right <laughs> <To say we laughs> great power god's great responsibility because we're on the marvel theme i'm just but i'm just i'm just leaving it there for you aaron <laughs> oh
1: danny danny i'm i am i am in awe i am in awe even more so than the start i i, I Genuinely, we're going to have to do another podcast now, just so I can out-quote you.
2: <laughs> Those are my only two <laughs> quotes, so it will be, it will be easy. <laughs> they were fantastic,
1: can I say. Um, so, no, I think um, we should draw it to a close there. Thank you. That was a great wise word for us and Again, fantastic podcast. Marvel quotes, leadership quotes, positivity and happiness trains uh, And thank you both for your time today.
2: Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye.